Just a quick note before we start the episode. This was originally intended to be the first episode of the podcast, but due to some technical issues, I held it back to spend some extra time cleaning up the audio and inserting some additional material for spaces where my guests lost connectivity during the recording. It's not perfect, but I still really enjoyed the conversation and I wanted to share it with all of you. So, enjoy. When I find myself thinking about my relationship with music, a scene from the film High Fidelity often comes to mind. Rob, the film's protagonist record store owner, has LPs in piles all over the floor of his apartment. One of his employees, Dick, has stopped by and sees that Rob is reorganizing his records. Chronological, Dick asks. Rob responds, no. Not alphabetical. Nope. All Dick can say, confused and inspecting the piles, is, what? After a moment, Rob finally replies, autobiographical. I'm Michael Higgins, and this week, you're listening to Happy Songs for Happy People by Mogwai, with my good friend, Chris Creighton. Chris, how are you? Hey, buddy. <laughs> oh, listen, my man, I am great. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, so usually what I'd be saying at this point in the show would be, Chris, what do you got for us this week? Or what, do you want, what are we listening to this week? But this is uh this is going to be the first uh the first episode of this little project that I'm doing. So I've kind of forced uh, an album upon you. Uh and I hope you're okay with that. I believe the verb is voisted. Foisted. foisted. I have upon- yes. <laughs> when you wrote me and you said let's listen to Mogwai, I mean obviously I assumed you were talking about the Gremlins soundtrack. Yep. And then I was like, "Oh, no, 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 no. Wait. He's got to be talking about the Scottish the Scottish rock band, obviously, that makes yeah. more sense. And, and so I, and, I, yeah. And so I listened to it for the first time yesterday. No, oh, perfect, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and part of the reason I wanted to do this one with you in particular was it, it wasn't so long ago that I got a text from you that just said, "Hey, Mogwai, top five, top five bands." And yeah. I kind of thought about it for a second. I was like, "I, yeah, I think so. I don't know any other band that I have seen this many times live." But doesn't it at the same time feel weird to say yes. top five? Like not because you don't like them, but just because like, it, it, I don't know. It, it's almost like if you're the person who like loves pizza and everyone's like, what's your favorite food? You're like, obviously pizza. And then all of a sudden you're like, but holy shit, I actually love fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah. But I, I like, I, I've had it, you know, I have it way less than pizza or something. Yeah. But it for sure is my favorite. It was like weird. It just like, it was like me texting you was like, is this our favorite band? Yes. And we're both simultaneously like, I don't I th- know. I think it might be. <laughs> I think it might be. It was just like a ton of question marks. Yeah. And, but, and it's also, but it's also like, well, what if, and what if you said fettuccine Alfredo and like, you know, three people in the, in the room were like, what's that? <laughs> right. Because <laughs> like, I, I feel like they're a household name to us, but not to. <laughs> No, that's Other exactly people, right. right. Yeah, I've said like, if I'm in mixed company, <laughs> oh, I'm going to a concert tonight, and they're like, "Who?" and I'm like, "Mogwai," and they're like, "Okay." Yeah, <laughs> and, and you're like, as if I said something in a foreign language. Yeah, they're just like, "Cool, right, all right." It's well, like, and yes. and inevitably, <laughs> inevitably, people go, "Cool." Um, what song do they sing? And I'm like, "Okay, about that." <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> like 
not to say there's no vocals. But like, I mean, no in th- it, like, you know, in theory, there are occasionally. Well, they have straight up had some songs, like they, more traditional songs, but this album is not one of mm-hmm. those. <laughs> no, no, no. This is not this is not a pop album that your friends have maybe heard on the radio. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> um, I love it. It's great. I love this band. Awesome. I'm, th- I'm, I'm thrilled that you could do this. So I'm just going to go through the quick rundown of how this works, okay? Yeah. Uh, so basically, each episode, it's uh, a guest and I listening to and discussing one of our favorite albums in real time. Sometimes it gets a little technical, sometimes historical, sometimes personal. And you at home can listen along. All you have to do is listen to the countdown and hit play at the same time as the beep. And it'll be like you're listening here with us. We're going to have our own little like a uh, listening party here. We're going to hang out like we're in high school. It's like sharing records with each other. Uh, it's kind of kind of the idea. Okay. So without further ado, let's get into it. Happy songs for happy people by Mogwai. Three, two, one. Now it is an extremely quiet opening to an album a very very slow fade up of the guitar and we'll get into uh that in a little bit i have a little story about that i remember the first time hearing this that mm-hmm. drum beat comes in and you're like wait what because it comes in at like off time like it comes yeah. in part way through like a, it, it doesn't make sense, right? No, it's like it's been chopped off at the top. What's kind of really cool about that is part of the reason I did that little intro with High Fidelity and Autobiographical is this is one of those albums I remember buying. I went into Cheeky Monkey in Sarnia and I saw this CD in their new release rack, and I thought. That's the band that a mutual, a mutual acquaintance of ours, Scott, uh, gave me a mix CD. And he was like, I think you'll like this song on the end. It's by this band called Mogwai. And it was this like 10 minute song called Christmas Steps. Right. Oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you, you showed me Christmas Steps. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't heard a band. So this is what they do. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to sing. That's the <laughs> wildest part, right? Is when you hear it for the first time, and if you're anything like us, where you're kind of maybe like learning guitar and you're learning how to write music, you mm-hmm. definitely go down the path of like, hey, here's a verse, here's a chorus, here's a bridge, maybe. And then you hear Mogwai and you're like, oh, I, I don't, wait, <laughs> I don't yeah. have to do that? Yeah. I guess I don't. And especially if you're like me and you're like, I'm not a singer. I've never right. wanted to be a singer. I have no desire to hear my own voice, including on this podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> you're just like, I don't want to sing. And then you hear this and you're like, oh, you don't have to. Yeah. And it can still be like, I don't know, I guess emotionally resonant. Yeah. That was well, a and, weird and, feeling, I think. And even this song, Hunted by a Freak, has like, they're just like, well, what if we do like the best of both worlds? What if I told you, you didn't have to sing, but you could still have vocals? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and they come in with the vocoder, which is so interesting. And it's not just fiddling around on a vocoder. This is all very deliberate. It just performed this way live, right? It's not just noodling around and jamming. It's yeah. it's written, right? So the thing I was going to say about that drum intro, though, was 
uh, when I bought this CD, I remember seeing on the back, it had this little logo that I'd never seen before on an album. And it said enhanced CD. Oh shit. You had that one. Yeah. I don't think I ever owned this as a CD. I did. I never saw that, but I've only read about it. So you pop it into your computer and it came with a, um, it came with a uh, demo version of Cubase, the music software with this this song broken up into tracks for starters the guitar fades in at the opening of the song well it just starts the guitar just starts because you just have all the raw stems oh, of the I see. song so none so, of the production stuff like yeah and so and so you could chop it up rearrange things do whatever you want with it it was uh, really really neat and they were just like hey so we used this software when we made this record so we thought we'd share it with you Here's like a demo of the software that we used. Oh, and here's one of our songs that you can play with in the software, which if you were like me in high school, messing around with audio and with music on a computer, mind blowing to have suddenly have access to something like that. Well, and honestly, the idea of doing that in 2003 is pretty wild. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it would be like, I feel pretty commonplace or almost tired at this point. Yeah, and, and that's and, a long time ago. Yeah, and nowadays it's like any digital instrument that you buy is going to come bundled with some demo software or right. like like versions of various uh, software, whether it be like Ableton or um, or Cubase or Logic or whatever. But this is like a very kind of unique uh, thing to have access to at the time. Very exciting for me. Was this, did we ever record with Cubase, any of our early demo stuff? I don't think we did. We used okay. two tools. We used, uh, we used a program called Cool Edit Pro, right. which was subsequently bought by Adobe and rebranded as Adobe Audition, which I now use. Um, I, I didn't and then, know that. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we used this uh, other program occasionally called Reason. Um, right. And I didn't even really scratch the surface with what Reason could do. I, I managed to get like drum beats and stuff out of out of Reason, and I think some MIDI instruments. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't have been trying to do that kind of stuff if it wasn't for an album like this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even so, we're now we're on track two. Moses, I amn't. I this is like this <laughs> um, is a perfect example of a Mogwai title where like. I wouldn't even say it out loud. And I feel like you had to say it out loud because we're recording this. Yes. But if I was trying to get you to listen to the song, I'd be like, uh, number two on Happy Songs for Happy People. Yeah. And you'd be like, yes. what's it called? And I'd be like, it's, it's fucking number two it's the, on Happy Songs. It's the second people. one. It's just like... I just like, like refuse to try to say that word. <laughs> yeah. There's this little sort of like breath after the first track uh, that, that we're given. Very like uh, cello heavy. <laughs> song just check it out i don't know what it's called (laughs) and it's like i just i refuse i can't do it and that seems to be like i mean it's a running trend with like basically all their album there's usually one or two tracks that i will know the like will know and remember the name of like hunted by a freak and stop coming to my house on this one which are the first and last songs so like that's not really that crazy (laughs) this is also them getting into their like period of like well we don't have to just make like loud 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 long music we can 
mess about a bit more with synthesizers and production and effects. We can have vocals, but they don't need to be crisp or clear. They can be run through a vocoder or they can be heavily processed through various effects and we don't really necessarily know <laughs> what's being said, but we know it's a human voice, if that makes sense. Yeah, there's always like a bit of human, um, there's like a human element to it, mm-hmm. even when it's like decidedly, uh, I guess industrial isn't the right word because of the connotations with like the genre, but mm-hmm. it's weird. It's all like sort of mutated through a machine. So yeah. It comes back to feeling very human and organic. And I think that's the aspect of like Mogwai's music generally that always kind of pulls me back in. Kids will be skeletons. Just a perfect example of a Mogwai song. Mm-hmm. It starts and you're like, oh, this is pleasant. And then you read the title of the song and you're like, kids will be skeletons. What the fuck? <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> Guys, what are you doing to me? Guys, what the fuck are you doing to me? Wait, and we're, we're allowed swears on this podcast, right, Mike? You're allowed all the swears that you want. Oh. That was the wrong thing to say, Mike. <laughs> so, um, it's this is one of those songs too, where like, I mean, yeah, if you look at like the title, I mean, the pleasantness just kind of keeps growing and growing, <laughs> right? It's a really sort of uplifting, kind of warm song. It the weird thing is, and, and I think this goes for Mogwai tracks in general, is you could hear this song, right? Kind of going back to what I said before, mm-hmm. and it's like uplifting. And then you read the title and you're like, oh, it's kind of sad though. Like yeah. their, their song titles manage to like import melancholy on a song mm-hmm. where it might not necessarily be if you just heard it blank, which I find really fascinating for a band that's like not otherwise putting lyrics over top like there's no overt message in the yeah. song it's just kind of like you take this like sonic thing and you hear it and you feel one way and more often than not i find is like the title of the song can is enough to make you go oh maybe i feel wrongly about that hmm yeah i see what you mean also just Getting into the technical side of things, lo- lo- love the harmonics work. <laughs> a lot of a lot of harmonics lo- work here. A lot of harmonics work. Loving that harmonics work, but but like it's sort of the volume just kind of keeps growing and growing and growing. Yep. And they go from harmonics to a- actually like picking, right? Like like playing uh, the. Um, the guitars and they're both like these competing kind of dual guitars going on that I love in this song too. Like they're in each your your left ear and your right ear if you listen. Yeah, that's a good point. And the funny thing is like you point that out and I'm like, oh, like a cool studio trick, right? Like you split the signals, the guitar signals to either ear Mm -hmm. and there's like an imperceptible uh, like volume swell and like, oh, just more studio trickery. But having seen them as many times as we have, 
they also do it live. Yeah. Like not yeah. the not the splitting, obviously, but like they still manage to like play in a way where the songs just sort of like creep up on you, either in like content or volume, in a way yes. that's like very weird for a live band. Yeah. Because I don't know how you play in a way to like it's one thing to go like quiet verse, loud chorus, right? You hit your your stomp box and all of a sudden you're like way louder and heavier. Yep. But they managed to play as like, okay, each repetition we're gonna be seven percent louder. Right. And it's I don't so know how you do that as a band. It grows and it grows and it grows and the entire band it grows with and they'll go the other way too. Mm-hmm. Right? Where it gets quieter, 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 and then they'll just explode. Totally. Right? And it's why I don't know. It's funny because I think Mogwai, you know, as much as any band made me want to keep playing guitar, especially mm. because going back to what we were talking about at the start, and you're like, oh, I don't have to sing. Maybe I could kind of write stuff like this. And I've definitely, like, I think written things on guitar that are, like, in the vein of Mogwai. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how you also build a band that understands how to, like, build or reduce volume by 7%. each repetition (laughs) in a way that like makes sense when you play live like it's just sort of untouchable in that way yeah yeah and i mean it it, like yeah it it is a really interesting thing to have like a band make you sort of rethink the way that you play or think about playing right that's always a thing i say like if 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 you've written a song or an album that makes me or anyone for that matter want to pick up an instrument you've done something right yeah you know i think it's like the ultimate (laughs) i mean it's the ultimate form of flattery is right like oh i like that song i'm gonna try and learn it right i don't know if i've ever tried to learn any mogwai songs so i'm gonna (laughs) say the weird thing about mogwai that's the one thing they managed to both inspire you to pick up your guitar or your keyboard or your drums but like i've never learned a mogwai song mm-hmm. largely because i'm like what do you learn you know yeah. it's one thing to like pick up a guitar and work on like acdc's back in black right there's a very clear guitar riff that you want to kind of work on to figure out mm-hmm. i listen to mogwai and i'm like oh i want to play music too but i don't pick it up and then try to figure out like you know uh, mm-hmm. the um, kids will be skeletons riff. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, I would be weird. Like, it's just not. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to show up to, you're not going to show up to band practice and, and be like, guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're not going to be sitting around a campfire trying to impress the ladies going, <laughs> you guys hear the new, Hey, Hey babes, you hear the new Mogwai track? <laughs> <laughs> Check it out. Hey, uh, hey ladies. Flies. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, ladies, I know we just went through Dave Matthews crash into me. What about a little Moses? I am. <laughs> what do you think? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> the, uh, Ma- Mogwai. Ma- Mogwai. Everybody. Ba- you know, the band's name is Mogwai. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no, don't, don't, think I realize... don't Google it. It'll just. Yeah, please don't Google else. it. Please don't. <laughs> Yeah, you'll just that'll just cause more confusion. Just, just. <laughs> um, re-listening to this album, sort of in preparation for this, 
I was surprised at how much vocoder there was. And I mm-hmm. kind of didn't remember that to be the case. What about you? Yeah, there's a bunch of vocoder. And then there's, I think, one other song that has vocals, but they're like heavily... Um, uh, like they're, they're just they're 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 there's lots of like effects and things going on uh with them right so like i, I they're not really um i i can't really make them out but now no. here's here's i mean it's going to come up time and time again on uh on this uh podcast oh sorry this song's about to explode so this is the old school mogwai that we're about to have yep there it is <laughs> um but Yeah, like uh, with, with with the vocals, uh, like something that always comes up again and again for me with music or talking to people about music is like I'm not a big lyrics person. I'm just not. Um, right. You know, I'm not the person that's just like you got to hear these. You got to hear these lyrics. I, I I don't think like I. I guess I don't like kind of process music uh, that way so much. Except um, for Counting Crows. <laughs> Of course, of course. Right. Like, I mean, and that's, that's just because, you know, to quote Jack Donaghy, you've got two ears and a heart. Two ears and a heart, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, no, but, but I hear like, you. I've always been like a kind of more like a, like a melody person, right? If, if right. like, like the voice as an instrument is like producing like an appealing melody, then right. I, then I like it. Um, occasionally stuff cuts through and some you know some lyrics are jump out to me more than others but it's never been like a primary focus of of me when i'm listening to music do lyrics ever could lyrics ever ruin a melody for you Hmm. or only heighten it like if you're you know it's like the melody you like and then i would i would say kind of a cool lyric so i like it more i would say that that a, a really bad lyric could ruin a good melody. Right. I think, I don't know. Like, so I, so a big part of what I'm trying to do with this little project here is like, I, I tr- I'm trying my best to kind of keep things positive and not like, you know, like, yeah, for sure. Crap on stuff. But you yep. know, like if you want an example, like I can, I can give you one. But, <laughs> no, we don't need to go negative. Listen, but, as Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Like, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I guess more than anything, maybe a bad lyric. But let's just talk about like... the new radicals for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Please, listen. They just had their moment in the sun again. I know. It's so weird. Like, people are like, hey, did you hear about this? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, there's, I don't want to talk about history it. history here. <laughs> what do you mean history? I was in a band like a decade ago. You don't get it. I was in a cover band that broke up because <laughs> of the new radicals. <laughs> What do you mean broke up? You're like, yeah, we literally couldn't keep it together to make money as a bar band because of the new radicals. Because of the new radicals. Everybody wanted us to play those new radicals, and we were like, no, we are And by we, I mean half of the band. (laughs) Uh, I do. There is going to be this kind of like, I think, recurring theme uh, or a thing that happens on this podcast where like, I'm always going to be like, oh, my, my, yeah, my band played this song. It's like you're I thought you were gonna say the recurring theme was gonna be, and then the new radicals ruined my band. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! 
here's another example of um there's vocals here that are very hard to make out oh you, yeah. like they're human voices uh in this song uh, it is but like it's not a vocoder they're just like they're really far back they're kind of really buried in the mix they're not the main focus instead just like a lot of like oh, i don't yeah. know feedback swells like way back in the mix yeah this is another great example of like a mogwai song just sort of starting and continuing organically Mm -hmm. and i couldn't even really tell you what's going on right if you asked me i'd be like oh this was made i don't know entirely on a computer but then they play it live and you're like nope bunch of instruments and I still don't know how they're doing a bunch of instruments and just like a guy standing like like you know facing in toward his uh toward his amp just like doing something weird that is making these wild tones right like um I think uh they strike me as pretty meticulous they must be and kind of going back to the, you know, the idea that you and I have jammed many times with like, hey, I've got this cool idea on guitar and this could be really neat. And so often it just becomes like, yeah, I guess this song is going to be playing this riff 2000 times in a row, sometimes yep. quieter, sometimes louder. And it's in like those moments and you realize how weird it is, how good Mogwai is at this stuff. Well, at and- like the right length for things that picking like the right time to make a change and right like it also probably like shouldn't come as a surprise that like they have like since gone on to dip their toes into soundtrack composition right right like their style of music very much lends itself to soundtracks um you know like and i i think there's a certain kind of like tone or mood that is mogwai even though any given song i mean this song here is much darker uh than every other song on the album but there's still something distinctly mogwai about it i feel like there have been a lot of other bands that sort of dabble in this world um i always i always put explosions in the sky and mogwai kind of in the same yep same boat um so for Explosions in the Sky to be doing soundtracks made perfect sense to me. And it just seemed like it was only going to be a matter of time before Mogwai did stuff like that as well, right? Especially yeah. given the fact that they're primarily an instrumental band. And I think we've talked about this. Like, there are definitely some great moments in Mogwai sort of soundtracks or score writing. Mm-hmm. But like taken as a whole, I almost always prefer the work they've done on our own albums than the work they've done for soundtrack. And we talked about it a bit, and I wondered if it was like there's just something to them writing for themselves as opposed to writing for a soundtrack or writing for something that's already been produced and they're trying to like accompany it. Yeah, because it's sort of like here's here's the film. Like the film's like we've like it's it's made. We've cut it. This is right. what you're working with, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so we're just like, oh, 
but we like this riff and we want to play it for 12 minutes. So, yeah. Oh, no, we're going to need that to be a tight, a tight seven. <laughs> that's my, that's my wonder anyway. I like, I'm very curious to see what that process would be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do they come to it with like a bunch of riffs that, you know, could be one, five, 10 years old. And they're that's like, Oh, a, we've never been able to work this into kind of our own song, but this could work here. And so we can exactly. Yeah, that's, that's maybe what's kind of fascinating just to jump off here for a second about someone like Trent Reznor is if you were like, hey, do you think the guy from Nine Inch Nails could ever write scores or soundtracks? They'd be like, no way. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And yet he seems to be particularly adept at doing it. Like, and on the flip side, you're like, oh, Mogwai should make soundtracks. And you're like, yeah, of course. And there's like some great yeah, examples. Yeah. And yet I'm like, oh, I just don't find it as emotionally resonant when they write for movies. I like it when they're left to their own devices right. and they're writing their own songs and they're titling their own songs, presumably. And yeah. I think there's like a real relationship between those two things that works for yeah. me more than their film work. Oh, I love that. <laughs> And it hasn't even got to the heavy part yet. No, exactly. That's the thing. It's not even the heavy part yet. I saw, uh, just taking a look at their Wikipedia, it, uh, this album was talked about as like them starting to kind of swerve into kind of like a more electronic direction, um, having sort of mastered the soft, loud, louder sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's point chair. Always makes me think about one of the many times we've seen them live where I wish I knew what song it was they played, but the song ended and there'll be these lulls in between songs. Like they're not the kind of band, they don't do a lot of talking between songs. So everything gets a little quiet just for a second. And then one guy in the very back just goes louder. <laughs> it's just perfectly timed, perfectly timed. I'm I'm sure that guy crushes it at a matinee. <laughs> <laughs> like I was, per- he was exactly what we needed at that moment. This was the heavy part. I was talking. About. This was the heavy part. Yeah, I mean, they were always a, to a band that just like you know, another one of the first songs I'd ever heard by them was there's a song called Punk Rock. And all it is is a like kind of soft riff on an electric guitar and an Iggy Pop interview, the audio of an Iggy right. Pop interview playing over top of it. And that was the opener of, um, gosh, uh, was it Rock Action? It's an op- It's the opener of one of their albums. But um, I'm going to have to look it up. It's going to bug me. I think, you know, going back to your point about this being sort of an electronic departure, it's also funny because I was not someone who started with Mogwai when they started. Right. I'm fairly certain this was my entry point. Mm-hmm. So for me, this album was never an electronic departure for Mogwai. This was like what Mogwai sounds like. Right. And so for me, it's not till later albums when they're like, oh, they've gone more electronic. Which to me is just sort of interesting because if you started listening to Mogwai in like 94, 95, then sure, 
happy songs for happy people would be the departure point. But for me, this is like sort of baseline Mogwai. Yeah, if you've listened to Come Die Young and Rock Action, this is different and weird and spacey for them. But this is a very logical sort of midpoint between their early work and their later work, I think. And speaking of that, I wanted to read a few excerpts from an article written for Pitchfork in 2003 uh, by Eric Carr. A lone organ or piano often carries the melody through the album's quiet stretches, and the percussion is usually barely audible. For the first time, Mogwai have the delicacy necessary to stir without resorting to violent upheaval, as well as the added power of a lighter torch. It's a subtle distinction, maybe, but with every album, Mogwai is more and more about the details. Sparsely layered organs, strings, and exceedingly sparse hollowed-out drumstick hits rise in waves that never quite crest, for once in perfect harmony with Mogwai's mournful undertones. The sweep is almost effortlessly natural. The Stephen Kings of menacing post-rock, it seems that in absence of Young Team's glorious cacophony, their tremendous build-up often comes to nothing. And it sounds as though they've come to terms with that. This is also like quintessential Mogwai to me. Is like huge, sort of like massive uh, sound. Yep. And then almost always a little bit of like, you know, what the French would call denouement, right? Just a little bit of quiet time after. Yeah, there aren't a lot of, like, there's a couple of exceptions, like very heavy songs that do just kind of come to a very, like, abrupt end. But more often than not, they're just sort of like, this song grows and grows into a big explosion of noise, and then we're going to kind of slowly kind of bring it down and quiet it off. And Yeah. This song I always enjoyed, Golden Porsche. Um, it is, I like kind of like a palate cleanser after the eight and a half minute Rats of the Capitol. There's also something just about like the drums. There's something kind of weird and off about like that 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 shuffly snare. It's not very long either, right? It's like under three minutes, just kind of like quiet, calming. Gives you a moment to sort of breathe and relax after how loud and heavy that last one was. No, no, no. It's good. And I don't know about you, but this was always like a winter album for me. I associate this album with snow. I don't know why. I just do. This one really... I don't know. 
like really calms me down for some reason. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. it's a very calming song, but it's not within its own drama. So sometimes mm-hmm. I hear this one and I'm like, yeah, deep breath time. <laughs> exactly. Like, and it's just sort of, I don't know. I, I, I like somewhere along the way, I think people started to realize, you know, like when it comes to listening to an album in, in full, it's nice to have a couple of songs that sort of give you a, like, give you a break, if that makes sense. Yep. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you sat and listened to an album in full without doing something else? Um, interesting. I mean, if outside of the podcast mm-hmm. is, <laughs> that's tricky. Oh, I like the swell here at the end. Sorry. Because it's not loud, but it's just kind of and then abrupt yeah. cuts off kind of thing. Um, you know what? Outside of the podcast, I don't know if I could tell you. Oh, can you hear the cat? Oh, yeah. That's a cat carrying up a, a toy. Yes? Yeah, come on. I'm not even going to edit that out. Um, the cat's like, this is a dope album, Mike. I'm in. This cat's like, I know you are, but what am I? Oh. Um, here's a song I I I listen to this one a lot. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to. I used to. I should say, listen to this track a lot because I found it so interesting. Like, there's something about the time signature that really confused me. Like, it's just different enough that I need to sort of like that I want to dissect it (laughs) right and then like you have these broken up like drums that slowly fade in like it's it's more like it's like a drum machine and like it, it 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 sounds like, you know, on the surface, it sounds like so simple. But when you incorporate like the weird, the, the strange time signature, I don't know. There's something hypnotic about it. Yeah, there's something just slightly off for sure. And you kind of start to wonder, like, is it is it going anywhere? Yeah, and it then, definitely has a bit of tension, like where you're like, oh, this thing's right gonna there. explode. And then, and then, but like, and then there's this change. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't explode the way other Mogwai songs do, but it certainly it certainly transitions into like like very strange chaos it's chaotic but subdued at the same time yeah and i kind of wonder to what extent that transition that sort of change i i don't know to really bastardize it to say it goes kind of from like minor to major without mm-hmm. really like taking off um relies on a history of listening to mogwai and mm. 
and it being like, oh, well, Mogwai goes from soft to loud. And so you build this tension and your listeners like, oh, this is where it gets loud. And then it doesn't. And like, that's the departure. Like, that's right. a really interesting change for someone who's been listening to Mogwai at this point for like half a decade or something. Right, right. To that end, here's just like a few other snippets of reviews I found on Metacritic. Dot Music, what really makes this record engaging is that shimmering tension often chooses not to explode, yet somehow it works. Q Magazine, they've crucially learned that musical light and shade need not only be flaring explosions, but melodic sunrises too. Junk Media, Happy Songs is epic and subtle, technically savvy, emotionally charged, and visceral all at once. In short, it's a summary of everything that's great about Mogwai's music. And from all music, with Happy Songs for Happy People, Mogwai gets to have it both ways. It's ironic and sincere, concise and expansive, challenging and accessible. It's one of the band's best albums. No two ways about it. I personally like that one the best. Some technical issues, it's okay. It's all right. But I will not be silent. Definitely not by Skynet. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think where we left off before I lost you there. Uh, so we were talking about um, this sort of change in this song where there's like definitely like a, a transition point. And yeah. I, w- I was wondering to what extent you get somewhat used to the notion of either Mogwai or bands like Mogwai transitioning from, you know, soft to heavy, soft yeah. to loud. And then so when it hits this song, you're kind of like, oh, it's building. And then it builds and it just kind of like, instead of going for volume, makes a tonal change. And I wonder to what extent that really pays off for someone who at this point has maybe listened to Mogwai for you know half a decade at this point yeah and so you're like oh, I think I know where this goes and then it's really interesting when it doesn't it doesn't kick up the volume it just makes it a tonal change instead mm-hmm. yeah and y- y- you kind of wonder like I you know is something that uh like I, I realized I think recently listening to um I mean, you hear it all over Mogwai, but just like I've been listening to him like a lot more just recently. Um, and I had myself think about just like, oh, oh, like there's something I felt like I noticed and it's, it's so obvious, but like, you know, not necessarily obvious to to everybody. Like they're never jamming, right? Oh, that's a great point. They're never jamming. No. Especially like, and I would really focus on the drums and I would just be thinking to myself, it's all very, very deliberate. Yep. As the only word I can ever think of with them is I'm like, it's very, very deliberate. And yeah. And I mean, having seen them live, I think it's really important to note, like this is not a band who makes eye contact with each other. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We're going to stop now. No, 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 no. They all know exactly what they're playing, yep. when and where, and that's it. It's not, it's not a band that's like, oh, well, he's going to go on his run now for 16 bars or something. Right. And we're just going to jam it out. It, it, like nothing about this band is ever fuzzy live. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine it's much different when they're recording or writing. 
So we're we're coming to the close here. Oh. With stop coming to my house. Um. If Mogwai are in my top five bands, I think stop coming to my house is in my top five Mogwai songs. Great. Um. I don't know what this is a song that explodes, yes. but in this really not loud, crazy way, but this sort of beautiful, uplifting way, yeah. it takes off. It takes off, and the drums specifically. There it is. Uh, it's perfect. And the drums are not like they're deceivingly simple, but still different and unique. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's it's something about it and there's just so much noise but all the noise it, like it's it's um like it's deliberate it's the, just that word deliberate again right yeah. this is uh, also a perfect example of the mogwai um sort of like song titling coming in. Mm-hmm. So I've thought along a lot about Stop Coming to My House. And there was a period of my life where I was like, oh, this is a breakup song. Hmm. Stop Coming to My House. And that's what made it sad, maybe. Mm-hmm. And lately I was like, well, what if this is actually a child speaking to another child and they've just had a fight? Hmm. And you're talking about like two seven-year-old kids. Yeah. And it's just that time in your life where everything is like outsized, you know? And it's like, these kids are going to be friends forever. But on this random Saturday afternoon, he's like, stop coming to my house. Hmm. And for me, like that's just as emotionally resonant as the idea of this being a breakup song. Yeah. You know? So I think as much as some of these titles feel like throwaways, there's real... There's, There's real weight to them. Away from them? Yeah. For sure. For sure. It made me think of Did you do you remember the book um The Mysteries of Harris Burdick by Chris Van Ellsberg? Is that the one with all of the drawings? Yeah. Yes. So the, it's the amazing. Con- the conceit of that book is that Harris Burdick stops by this editor's office and he's like I have this book. I've brought you, you know, it's a book of short stories and I've got illustrations for all of them. But what I have for you today are like one illustration and sort of like the thesis statement of each story. And the editor's like, I love these. Come back tomorrow. And Harris Burdick never returns. Yeah. So the editor produces this book of just a single image and, and sort of like, you know, one line from each story. And so the whole point is that like the book is whatever you make of it. And I've like long felt there's a connection between a book like that and Mogwai's albums and their song titles and their music where you have the song title is that snippet. Yeah. And the music is the drawing. We did it. We did it, my man. I will recommend uh, people check out a YouTube video called um, the pale blue dot. Oh yeah. Seconded with uh, where stop coming to my house is used along with the Carl Sagan pale blue dot. It's a reading from his book, uh, but somebody took that reading this song and then kind of cut together a montage of like 
famous movie clips and it is absolutely beautiful yeah it's it's weirdly affecting for what it is for what it is it is i mean it makes me emotional it's uh, (laughs) i'll just say it and that song does too i i find that song very emotional um it it brings you to a certain place at what you think is its peak and then it pushes just a little bit further before things drop off and kind of quiet down at the end. And th- th- it really takes something to, um, I think, produce that kind of emotion, especially in an instrumental track. So well done. Well done, Mogwai. Well done, Mogwai. Well done. I feel like a happy person having just listened to your happy songs. <laughs> Well, Mike, this has been a pleasure. (laughs) Listen, until we get to reconvene and hash out the new radicals from top to bottom. Oh, boy. I think this has been just a wonderful entry point into this podcast. I'm I'm thrilled that it could happen with you. And I'm thrilled we could do this album. We're going to have you back and let you pick. uh, You pick next time, I think. Oh, well, I apologize in advance. (laughs) It's going to end your you have nothing, nothing to apologize for. <laughs> it, it could be real life. Send me an angel on loop and I will be satisfied. <laughs> what am I talking okay. about? I'm not, that's an amazing song. What are we, it's like, really what's great. the joke there? What's the joke? <laughs> that I have There's amazing no taste in music and that's a great song? <laughs> that is that's the joke. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. That's just reality. That's um, real life, if you will. That is, oh, damn. Uh, well, thank you I so much. You I, I, I really, <laughs> <laughs> I, you do owe me a punch in the face. I'm I do, sure. definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. I, I really appreciate uh, appreciate you doing this with me, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Thanks for having me. This was great, and uh, me too. This is uh, something I would definitely do again, and uh, I think this is going to work out really, really well. I'm thrilled. Thank you, buddy. Au revoir, as friends say. Mogwai's new album, As the Love Continues, will be released on February 19th, 2021. Check it out wherever you listen to music. If the singles are any indication, you won't be disappointed. Your Listening To is brought to you in association with Wicked and Fun. Check out the weekly D&D podcast, Something Wicked, which I happen to edit. Some of the gang from Something Wicked will be joining me in future episodes to discuss their favorite albums in real time with me. So subscribe to the podcast feed and come listen to more music with us. If you like this little project that I'm doing, drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram at your listening to pod. That's Y-O-U-R-E. And feel free to rate and review the podcast in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcasts. I appreciate the feedback. Thanks for listening. <laughs>